A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Please be advised that Gen X This Is Why contains adult language. What music box is evoking laughter unless you open it and it plays the jerky boys? <laughs> Hi and welcome to Gen X This Is Why, the podcast where we re-examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarring media from our shared childhood. My name is Amy and I'm a proud Gen Xer born in 1977. And I'm her sister, Jenny, born in 1974. Jenny, outside my window right now, I'm looking at adorable Lafayette Beetle playing catch with Samantha. Is there an eagle big enough to pick him up? No. Well, there, there is. is. We know what it is. <laughs> but he's It just, just doesn't live in Pennsylvania. He's just running around, getting Good. The ball. Keep him outside as long as possible. He's such a good boy. He's not. He's a terrible dog. Oh, he's so cute. Um... So, for those of you not following the drama, Jenny brought COVID to my house on Christmas, is in my basement, like some kind of Sounds of the Lambs shit, <laughs> and we've just been cranking out We've just out been these recording these things episodes. like crazy. Yeah. So, although so, this is like many weeks from now, you'll hear this. And I, I think by now they would have heard our Cabbage Patch Kid. I think by now the world has ended when they hear this. Maybe. If you guys liked... Gen X, that was a thing. Come at us and let us know. I mean, it's a little bit more work for us, but we really enjoyed it. Yeah, I like I like that format because I had to do almost nothing. Yeah, I know. Bitch. Okay. All right, Jenny. So why don't you tell everyone we are here to watch May We Make Them Proud Part 2, which is Season 6, Episode 19, otherwise known as Blind School Fire Part 2. Why don't you read us a description? The description reads, Albert, Mary, and Jonathan, all deeply impacted by the fire at the School for the Blind, continue to deal with their emotions. Albert, racked with guilt, runs away, leading Charles and Jonathan to conduct a frantic search for him. I have so many problems with this script. So oh, many think? problems. Uh, written by, directed by Michael Landon. I'm falling more and more out of love with him every day. Well, <laughs> to be fair, I never loved Michael Landon. We talked about this. <laughs> we talked about this. You like the fictional character of Charles Yes, yes. Okay. So we open on Albert doing some, what I call, guilty chores in the drama barn. Like, he's just overdoing it. And Charles is sus. Guys, when you come home... Charles thinks this is sus. Yeah, when you come home and your house is super clean and your kids are doing something... Be suspicious. Yeah. So Pa tells Albert, I want to take you to Tracy tomorrow. 
It's a long trip and I can use the company. Albert's like, no, I don't want to go. Why me? And then he starts crying. Like, any, why? Here's my question. Why have they not put this together I yet? know. This is exactly what I have. I'm like, I'm shocked no one has put this together given Albert's history. Also, can I, like, because he doesn't get emotional about these kinds of things. Like, he's a tough no. kid. Yep. Like, he doesn't react to things this way. So something else is going on. And also, can we discuss how the fire inspector just gave up? Like, we talked about this in the last one. How baker? Doc, the baker, yep. was just like, we'll never know who did this. Like, no one has even thought about it. <laughs> we'll just never know. No one questions anyone. Like, because all they had to do was question the main players. And Hester Sue would have been like, yeah, I saw somebody in the basement. Yes. Yeah, if they just question, like, the main people <sighs> around. Okay. Yep. So, Charles is like, Albert's sobbing that he wants to take care of Mary tomorrow. And Charles is like... Somebody else will take care of her. Like, what are you doing? Also, Charles should be very suspicious when, like, Laura or Albert don't want to go anywhere. Because these kids, like, all they want to do is, like, go places, do things. Like, oh, are you True. going on a trip? We want to go with you. Are you doing this? We want to do... Ugh. True. They're at that age where they just want to hang on you all the time. True. Okay. In Tracy, Albert is pouting at the general store. And Charles is, like, real worried about him. Charles is in the store and the shopkeeper's like, wah, 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 like complaining yeah. about prices again. Yes. I've had enough of these retail prices. <laughs> Inflation. <laughs> I feel like I'm on a retail pricing game. <laughs> it's like prices, right? So Charles is just staring at Albert. Why is he so upset? I don't know what's going on. Can't figure Jenny, it out. Can't figure Charles, it out. Charles does what every parent does when their kid is despondent and depressed. He buys him a gun. He's like, I'll buy him a gun. That'll cheer him up. <laughs> Oh, my God. So Albert then spots a music box that plays, and it's the same exact music box. But that's how things would have been there. But that in that time, that that would have been common. Okay. Like, there's probably some dude nearby that makes music boxes. He's probably going to make, like, the same one or something. It's not like they have 18 models of things. So That That would be believable. He finds a music box that plays Brahms Lullaby, and he wants to buy it for Mary. He's willing, Jen, to give up his gun. Yeah. He didn't even put this precious rifle in his crazy hands yet. He's throwing guilt money at things. He really is. Jen, if Albert can cause this much destruction with a pipe, imagine what he could do with the rifle. I know. Like, maybe don't give this kid a gun. (laughs) Um, That reminds me of that Indigo Girl song, Don't Give That Girl a Gun. Okay. Okay. Paul and Albert return home, and Carolyn comes out and tells them Laura is with Mary and Andy Garvey. Oh, Laura's with Mary, and Andy Garvey's inside because his father's a maniac. <laughs> right. That's all breaking down. I can tell Pa is just kind of like, God damn it. Like, I have here, like, does Charles have a job anymore? I know. Like, does anyone work? <laughs> they just deal with all this trauma all the time. So Albert's like, I'm going to go to town and give Mary the music box. Um, why couldn't Pop j- Paul had just dropped him off? I think on they're the going from the other direction. Wow, that's a pain in the ass. Like, I'm going to walk two miles now to go see yeah. Mary? Yep. That's so, what they did. That's how they lived. Paul's like, I'll deal with the Andy Garvey stuff. So let me go <laughs> yeah, I'll there. go deal so, with Andy. I got this stuff. Andy's just chilling on Laura's bed. Like and you did you do. notice the plate of homemade cookies from Caroline? How come I, I don't did. have any homemade cookies? I did. No. Mm-mm. Charles sits next to him. He's hugging him. Andy says he's terrified of his paw. He's drinking a ton and he's mean and Can Andy's I just afraid say to go something? Home. Yeah. Alice would be infuriated at Jonathan's behavior right now and how he's handling this. Well, that's what Charles brings up later. Yeah. Yep. I agree with you. I would murder Timmy 
if he yep. were doing this to my would you kids. haunt him i would haunt him yep yeah I would so they hug and charles tells them you have to be strong for your pa he'll need you to get through this we'll get through this okay Albert now shows up at Mary's and he gives her the gift. And she's just doing the weird straight ahead. She's stare. literally catatonic. Yeah. She won't open the, gil- the gift. And Albert's like, fine, I'll open it. And I <laughs> think like, inadvertently, Albert's going to fix this. I think so too. Albert's like, when he's opening the gift, I know you'll like it. It'll make you laugh and smile. Jen, when have you laughed a hearty laugh at Brahms Lullaby? But he doesn't understand that it's going to trigger it's like he thinks she's singing this because she likes the box he doesn't it's going to trigger her he doesn't get that yeah so when he says you'll smile again that i get Mm -hmm. but who laughs at a music box what music box is evoking laughter unless you open it and it plays the jerky boys (laughs) okay maybe (laughs) or like trademark that trademark that okay so he opens the music box and it begins to play and she freaks the fuck out. She snaps out of it though. She snaps out of it. She starts screaming and she just does the same this monotone scream. She's just like, my baby, my baby, my baby, like a chicken or something. I'm going to download this and make it into a ringtone. And I'm going to put it on your phone for an alarm. No, don't. Albert is screaming at her. I didn't mean it. It was an accident. Now, I will say this. Albert's a good actor. Albert is a good actor. Yes. Mary's not. His screaming at her in that moment is real. Yep. Yes. Laura hears all this commotion. And she's downstairs. And she comes walking out of the kitchen. You see Albert fly down the stairs and head out the front door. He's like, I don't give a shit if she jumps out the window at this point. I'm out of here. Laura runs up. She jumps. I put she jumps on this bomb. Is that? Did we ever find out what that saying was? Jumps on the grenade. Okay. She jumps on the grenade for the safety <laughs> of everyone else. And you get how that works. Yes. And that's what she did. She jumped on Mary to protect the things <laughs> around her. So then she starts yelling for Nellie to get Baker, which I don't know what the fuck Baker is. Nellie. Do. He gets a dater. That's Nellie about is it. probably like. When are these people getting the fuck out of my hotel? I know. I know. They already smashed a window. She's probably like, this is just nightmare. Charles heads out to Garvey's. Garvey's drinking and moping at the kitchen table, looking at a picture album. Oh, I thought he was reading. I'm like, Jonathan is slamming whiskey and reading, as you do. No, no. He's looking at a picture album. And he remembers he and Alice's wedding day. And there's some talk about, like, paint... I zoned out at this oh, point. Oh, no. He tells a story about being covered in lead paint chips. Oh, okay. <laughs> which which makes some sense. Yeah. Garvey tries to kick Charles out, but Charles ain't going. He's throwing down some life lessons. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care. He's then like, Charlie... I got to fix this shit. We all have to snap out of this nightmare. <laughs> then Garvey threatens him with violence. Yep. Mm-hmm. Then Garvey starts crying. Am I supposed to forget her? How can I forget her? And Charles is like, absolutely not. Now, I want to say something here. Michael Landon's a good actor. Michael Landon is a good actor. He's a terrible writer and director, but he's a good actor. He needs to stay in his wheelhouse. Yep. Mm -hmm. So he starts to cry and he's saying like, we'll always remember them, but we have to try to live in a way that will make them proud. Alice and my grandson. 
And he's like, Alice would fucking kill you, dude. Yeah, and I'm like, thank you, Let's, Charles. Thank yeah. you. Yep. So, and that snaps Garvey out of it. It does. He breaks down and he starts whimpering, I can't. I can't. And then Charles says, Andy's part of Alice. And if you hurt him, you hurt her. And, and Andy's then, the only adult in the whole fucking town right now. Then Charles starts to in- inhabit Alice. <laughs> And yelling at Garvey like in a like ghost kind of way. It's real weird. It's real weird. <laughs> like in a Whoopi Goldberg kind of way. So Garvey just immediately snaps out of this, and he's like, "You know what? You're right. Let me go to your place so I could talk to my son." Right. Okay. Then I wrote Charles is ironically performing therapy on all these yeah, fuckers, even yeah, though he, he doesn't, doesn't believe in it. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before they leave, before they can leave, Laura runs up to them. And she's like, Mary spoke, Mary spoke, and Doc Baker's with her right now. And I, and I like just to wrote, say, Albert is now officially getting the fixer. I just wrote, how the fuck is Charles getting any other shit done in his day? <laughs> his life is ridiculous right is now. Is he farming? Is he no. working at the mill? No, I haven't I seen mean, any of that. Where's all the food coming from? <laughs> all right, so now, because think about it. It would be logical for him to take off, obviously, A the day, day of the fire. Sure. The, uh, obviously, the day after, maybe the day after. There wasn't bereavement leave at this time. Right. But Adam says, when Adam went to visit them in New York, which was two weeks ago, he's like, it's been two weeks. Yeah. So it's been like a month here, and so Charles has not gone back to work. Maybe he's been working, and now we're seeing him on a weekend. I don't know. <laughs> if this is his weekend, I would want to work. This is his weekend. All right. So now we see Carolyn, and she's with Mary. And Mary starts to wake up. She She's, like, dead asleep. But she starts to wake up. This is two weeks later. Mm-hmm. Right? Because two weeks passed between that time. I don't know. Did she not eat? I don't know. Did she piss the bed? What's <laughs> happening? So Captain Obvious Baker says, she's coming out of it. <laughs> thanks. Wow. No thanks to you at all, Doc Baker. <laughs> she was drained and exhausted. Mary wakes up and says, Ma, Pa. No Adam, okay? Not even addressing nope, him. Not even, even looking for him. him. Nope. Ma, Pa, my baby's dead. There was a fire. And in a weird scene, Carolyn is forced to smile about this because Mary's <laughs> recognizing it. But yet, you know, right. the tragedy yeah. of it all. Okay. But yet the tragedy of it all. So she says it was the music that snapped her out of it. and she The was... music that she heard two weeks ago. Yes. That's and what she, I don't understand. These time wants, leaps. She wants to talk to Albert. And Carolyn's like, he ran home. Uh, you fucking terrified him. He ran home two weeks ago. <laughs> That's why none of this makes sense. I don't think it was two weeks. Well, didn't Laura just say that? I don't know. I don't think it's it was so, two weeks. The timeline's confusing. Yeah. I don't think it was two weeks. Uh-huh. It was when Adam went to see them and was like, I'm going to New York. That was two. Okay. So that was two It had been two then. weeks since the fire. Okay. Okay, so two weeks passed in that time. But Adam's gone. Now Adam's gone, so it's like week three. But we don't know when the Albert situation happened. Okay. That could have been the day before. Because when does Adam come back? Mary's already recovered, and she's, okay. Okay. yeah. It's so confusing. The timelines yeah. get really weird here. Mm-hmm. So Mary says, he, Adam, Al, Albert, sorry. Albert kept repeating that it was an accident, that he didn't mean it. Dun, dun, dun. Carolyn looks at Charles like, oh, fuck. And Charles finally puts it together. Oh, God. 
Hester Sue then confirms, oh, you know what? Albert was in the basement. Didn't Hester Sue think of that when someone said there was a pipe in the basement that caused this fire? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Charles is like, oh, what the fuck? You saw the look come over Charles' face. Yeah, he's like, shit. He's like, oh, God, I have to deal with this He's like, now, now this is like another layer of this hell that has been laid before me. So he heads out to look for Albert. At the Ingalls, Jonathan Garvey's there with Andy on his lap, sitting by the fire. Andy is too big to be sitting on his dad's lap. His mother just died. Give him a pass. I'm taking a stance on this. And Jonathan is giant. So it's not like he that's, can't sit there. That's true. He is giant. You're right. Okay. Paul pulls up and he's looking for Albert. And he grabs Jonathan Garvey and they go. Like Jonathan Garvey goes ride or die here. I'm like he picked up his dime store ride or die. Mm-hmm. He's like I'm, I'm with you. What do you need? Uh, what do we need? Let's go. I and might Albert, need your help. Psh, gone in the, in the and carriage. <laughs> And Charles goes to Andy. Did you catch this? He goes to Andy. Count on staying here tonight, boy. Because <laughs> you know this is going to be a fucking clusterfuck. <laughs> so, now, here's my question. Where's Andy Garvey going to sleep? And why couldn't Mary sleep wherever he's going to sleep? He can sleep in Albert's bed. Oh, that's true, because Albert's gone. Yeah. That's true. Okay. Wow. Talk about replacing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mary, I don't know. Mary would have to sleep in Carrie's bed. We haven't seen Carrie at all. Thank God. Aren't you happy about that? Yeah. Okay. So, Pa and Jonathan head out to Clay May's house. They want to talk to Clay. And the father's like, what the fuck? It's the middle of the night. And and Charles like, I don't give a shit. Wake that kid up. Yep. Fair. They drag that kid up. It's got to be 1230. This kid is rubbing his eyes. He has his nightshirt on. He's tired. How do you know it's 1230? <laughs> I'm just saying it's... You have no it's, idea. It's late, but it's not super late. It could because, be 1030. You have because no idea. the Ingalls be people were up. So it's probably yeah. like 10. Maybe. So Charles... You could tell Clay immediately knows why Charles is there. Yep. yep. Charles questions him what he was doing in the basement. And Clay says, we were smoking. Big dramatic music. <laughs> bah, bah, bah. Jenny, I have a question for you. What? I don't know. You can't look at this from the point of view of a parent. I understand that. But let's just say, for example, that Penelope caused dad's death. Oh, my God. Okay. Would you be able to forgive that? Like, my kid causing dad's death. It depends on what happened. What if it was this? If it was this, I would feel like... This was really a bad, stupid decision. Yeah. But, like, and it's tragic. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's not something so bizarre that, like, ignore, like a kid wouldn't just do. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, yeah. it's not like, something incredibly stupid. I don't know. I it's don't know. It's pretty stupid. I don't know, man. It's, it's the type of mistake that a kid would make, like smoking, right? Yeah. Like, it's not like taking a gun to school. Like, like that, to was, me, that's, like, like more clear danger. Like, I was trying to think how I would feel if one of my kids inadvertently caused the death of another kid. Yeah. Like, of their sibling. Which mm-hmm. happens. Happens all the time. I don't know how you move past that. I mean, you can't... I don't know if you can move past it, but, like, I think you can forgive them. I think you have to. Like, it depends on what happened. Like, I feel like if, if you, and this is the gun thing again, 
if you pick up a gun and you take it to school or you have a gun with well, it, a gun is a yeah. device that its only purpose is to kill things. Yes. So but like that about... has some level of like, like no, that has some level of intent. Not even intent, because you don't have to intend to kill somebody. But like the fact that you have a thing that the only purpose of it is to kill things is mm-hmm. just very negligent, right? Mm-hmm. It's different than the negligence of like having something that normally doesn't kill people, act like a pipe, accidentally start mm-hmm. a fire and kill somebody. Hmm. Like the steps to get from a pipe killing someone <laughs> is a lot more complex than a gun killing somebody, yeah. right? I don't know. Do you want to hear dark part of me? What I thought? I'm like, hmm. this kid, this kid's not really his kid. Just let him run away. <laughs> yeah. Oh, nice. But like that, it's, but like that, that kid is going to be destroyed for the rest of their life. Like that's going to happen. I know. I know. It's really like, I, I just. Because it would be thinking. like, think about like, if you accidentally caused the death of one of your kids, how you would feel. Well, so I watch, and you don't watch this, but Welcome to Platteville has a very similar situation. The mother accidentally ran over her two-year-old oh my kid God. and killed Could him. Could you imagine? And she, I don't, like, they're of this weird religion, so I don't know if they ever went to therapy about it. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of has been festering. I mean, and you don't. I feel like that's worse than somebody else running over your kid. Yeah, it's real, real bad. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how people deal with that. Because, like, accidents happen all the time. You know what I mean? I know. Like, I know. You, you I know. know, you have the fear of the weird accident. I do have the fear of the weird accident. I do. The other, Yesterday, I was carrying, or this morning, I was carrying all my boxes for my Christmas tree upstairs. And for one split second, I'm like, I'm going to fall from the top step and bash <laughs> my head open on the concrete floor. There the we go. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, so guys, I guess my that was whole a fun, point, lively, upbeat conversation. I guess my whole point is for those people who've had to deal with these situations or have found themselves adjacent to these conversations, like my heart goes out to you. What do you I do? don't know how yeah. people get through this, but you know. All right, so Charles and Garvey return home and they're brainstorming with Carolyn, like, where would Albert have gone? And Charles is like, I got it. He went to live with his birth father that Why he only met once. Why would they think this? Why would they think this? I have no idea. I mean, obviously they make him, that's what they write him to do, but that makes no sense for this character. No, this because character Albert would never do wouldn't this. do that shit. Albert, Albert would, would get on a train and go to California. He'd just go to a city because he knows how to survive on mm-hmm. his own. Yeah, it's yeah. weird. So, all right. Carolyn reminds them that Judge Adams in Redwood City knows where the father lives and has all the info. So Jonathan Garvey and Charles head to Redwood City. And in Redwood City now, the next day, we see Albert wandering into the courthouse and it's like 6 a.m. He just walks in, takes the file he needs and walks out like a boss. No, he doesn't. The receptionist tells him to wait in the judge's office. But he just goes there, takes the file he needs Mm -hmm. and walks out. But Jenny, would this ever happen today? No. Like, oh, I'm sorry. That big important lawyer you need to see isn't no. here. But why don't you go wait unwatched in, unwatched in his office for an hour? No. Mm-mm. So Albert finds the filing cabinet, gets Quinn's address, and slips out. Now Judge Adams shows up and he's all hungover. He's all hungover and Charles accosts this hungover judge. Yeah. Why is he hungover? Like, why, do, why does that have to be in the... I don't know, but they spend way too much time on it. It doesn't make any sense. It's weird. Like, I could see if maybe it was 
related to the plot in that the judge was like off his game and didn't see Albert. I don't know. But it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense. So the judge is tending to his hangover and Charles explains that the boy they adopted ran away. But he very smartly says it's a complicated situation and it doesn't have anything to do with right. us yep. and our relationship. He just killed his nephew. Right, right. We, yeah. <laughs> so the judge tells them, look, I, I don't think he's gone to see his father. Why don't you go look at his original hangout? Which is, I think, a smarter plan. But also, why didn't they just take the father's address with them and just, just check case. on it? Just in case they yeah. don't find him. In the, yep. That makes no sense that they didn't so, take that with them. So they said the mountains? Is that where they found him? They found him in the city. No, no, no. They found him in Win- Winoka. Yeah, it's weird. That's, no, they didn't say that. He's like, do you think he'd go all the way to Winoka? Oh, I thought they said the mountains. No, Winoka's where mm, they found him. Okay. So now we see Albert heading to only Minnesota. O-N-L-E-Y. Thanks for that. Back in the courthouse, the judge is still going on about his hangover. And the receptionist brings him his lunch and says, if I'd known you weren't feeling well, I wouldn't have let that little boy in your office. And he's like, like, what? what? Now we see Albert arriving at his father's house, and it's not good. I'm just calling Um, him Albert the murderer, and then I'm like, wait, that's not fair. He's (laughs) Albert the accidental manslaughterer. Yes, he is. (laughs) Yes, he is. So there's a cot in the middle of the dirty shed, and I just wrote, Albert is not this dumb. He would not have gone back to his father. There's no way. I don't buy that for a second. No, no, no. This is totally out of his character. Quinn is nowhere to be found. And Albert looks around and we have a real Sims-like moment. Yes, we do. Where yes. he must have just dropped dead on the property and that's where his gravestone is now. Well, and I'm like, is this what life was like before the obituary section? Yeah, I like guess. Like you just went to someone's house and you're like, oh, there's their grave in the backyard. They're <laughs> dead. Guess they're dead. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And you know what's weird? I don't know if you caught this, but the sign telling you that this was his house, which is like the same as the grave. Yeah. So did he write his own grave marker? It's real weird. Okay. Like, they're going to notice a detail like that, a little house. I wrote, wow, so people just buried him out there and that was it? They left his home to rot? Well, I guess you just better make sure that you write your gravestone because it should be in the same handwriting as your address. I guess. So now we see Charles and Jonathan Garvey out in a field. And the judge, he has this personal driver named Jason. Jason, okay. very sure. 20th century name, Jason. <laughs> and he, um, I, I want to say that, but then I think of Jason and the Argonauts, so. Yeah, that's old. But it feels well, it was popular 20th again. century, yeah. yes. So uh, they're in a field, and the judge has sent his driver, Jason, to Damn. find them. He sent a raven in the night. Yes, and I have so many logistical questions here. How did Jason find Charles? How, How did Charles... How do Charles and and uh, Garvey like find the way to Quinn's farm? Like all they know is he lives in Only. He could live anywhere. Well, in no, Only. no, no, no. They weren't. They didn't have the address. So the guy came out and gave them the address. But how do addresses even work? It's like, like the route street four. signs. No, it's, it's route weird. four. It's weird. So they get to Quinn's farm, and I wrote, "Why are we wasting so much fucking time on this? We could be doing so much character development." So much, like, it's just so dumb. Okay. Okay, are you done with that? Now we have a chase scene. And Jen, First of all, like... first of all, Albert sees them coming because you are not going to fucking sneak up on Albert. No. That's mm. never going to happen. And they're going hero mode. They're going, he- like, you're even if you were creeping into that property, you're not going to sneak up on Albert. He's But they're ready. going hero mode. Yeah. And Garvey finds his jacket. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they know he's there. So they see him. He starts running. Jenny, it looks like Pa's limping. Yeah, and they talked about that. They're like, he said, oh, I hurt my leg. What is that about? When is that? (laughs) Okay. So, all right. So all of a sudden, Albert's running away. And it does not look like Charles is going to catch him. No. And Garvey jumps out from behind a tree. Boom, gotcha. Catches him. And Garvey, you're right. He's like a giant. So he just manhandles him. So he's like, listen to me. This We know. We know what happened. But it was no one's fault. It was a horrible accident. And he tells Albert, you can go back home and you could hold the memories of those you loved and Jonathan's try to make them healed proud. and now a therapist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Charles sees them from a distance and just starts randomly yelling, I love you, son. I love you, son. Super dramatic music. Albert runs to him, and they Crying hug. Michael Landon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now we're going to cut back to Walnut Grove. Hester Sue is singing Rock of Ages, and There's she... Some... I love her. 
I love her too, but there, this is like a really morbid scene. Well, they're ha- I think they're having another funeral. I think so too. Because Mary skipped, decided to skip the first one. <laughs> okay, so now Adam gets up. Oh. And he's like, I want to talk to everybody. Literally the worst actor I've ever seen. <laughs> he really he, is. He shuffles over. He's got... I don't know why they're doing this on the site of the charred remains yeah. of the school. There's beautiful acreage around them. They could do yep. it by a tree. Whatever. But Linwood Boomer takes that little cane and he walks over and he's pretending he's getting up to speak. And he says, last week he was in New York with his father and a miracle happened, Jenny. His father has agreed to finance the rebuilding of the blind school. I think and because he's... Adam was threatening to come home. <laughs> he's like, we're going to move back to here. He's like, I'll rebuild that blind school. <laughs> It's like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I got this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How much? How much is it going to cost? Let me throw some money at it. How much to make this go away? He says it's a miracle because his father was a real dick bag. And now he's changed and he's decent. So then he says his father has one condition for all of this. I was hoping it was divorce Mary. Oh, God. That would be great. He's naming the school and there's a plaque. And I wrote, that was fast. He had this plaque made up already and installed. They unveiled the plaque, guys, and it reads, The Alice Garvey Adam Kindle Jr. School for the Blind. I have a question. Go. You know I struggle with this, with the whole suffix thing. Yeah. That kid's not a junior. Yes, he is. No, because don't you have to have the exact same name? Like Samuel John? No. No, I don't think you have to. Pause. We're back. All right. So the names must be exactly the same, including the middle name. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. So that kid Mm. is not a fucking junior. Well, there's a different name. He could be a second. So he could be a second, but not a junior? Well, I Wait, mean, is, I don't know if, guys, I don't know if these sources are legit. Can you get promoted? Can you get promoted from a third to a second? Remember I thought that could happen? Remember I thought when someone died, even. everybody got promoted? Can't even, guys. You kind of do, though. That was, what were we watching? I don't know, but you kind of. It wasn't Love Boat. It was no, Tommy Boy. No, it was Tommy Boy. Boy. Jenny thought, guys. Okay, so the, the father. Dies. Dies, and he's Tommy Callahan Sr. No, he's Tommy Callahan the He's second. Tommy Callahan. No, he's Tommy Callahan right, the right. second. Chris Farley is Tommy Callahan the third. And then they screw up at the end of the movie and they call Chris Farley Tommy Callahan Jr. But I thought he got a promoted. Jenny thought he got promoted. <laughs> if both of them are dead, then you are the senior. You're the only one now. So why do you have to go with Junior or the third? That doesn't seem to make sense. I don't know. Jenny. We I have to ask know. dad if he got promoted when grandpa died. Did he get promoted from junior? I'm not rehashing dad's father's death with him. <laughs> dad, did you get promoted? Are you no longer a junior? Okay. The junior suffix has some official, unofficial rules associated. One of these is that calling a man senior is only to be done after he has passed and only when his junior offspring has married. That makes no sense. Makes no sense. 
course when it comes to so i think when he's named after his father he's a junior when he's named after another relative he's the second does that make sense okay i don't know it's so stupid does it ever say that you change your suffix just name your kid something different i'm gonna do a a, a deep deep research on this go ahead you report back (laughs) okay so everyone's crying and then the episode ends and that's it and i was looking at like the next few the next episode to this is like Almanzo and jane and eliza jane's troublesome brother comes to walnut grove and is a real prankster like what what, what? all those tragedies <laughs> get swept under the carpet that's my problem. That's such a Puritan style thing, though. That's my problem. Like, they could have used all of episode two when Adam was, or when Albert was running away to, like, sew some of this up. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Like, do a time jump. Do a three or four month time jump. I don't know. It was real a real weird writing and directorial choice to have Albert go on this journey. I don't know. Are we stupid. done? We're done. All right, Jenny, whose fault is this? This is Michael Landon's fault. 100% Michael Landon's <laughs> fault. Right? What kind of mind decides to this kill these script? people? Well, first, besides that, though, like, I feel like the second episode just fell apart in structure. You're right. Like, it just mm-hmm. made no sense. Yeah, the first episode was, eh, whatever. It was okay. It held together. Guys, Hopefully, and I seem to remember that we have some resolution between Mary and Albert eventually. Mm-hmm. But, like, we could have used the second half for some of that. Yep. Why make him run away? And well, Fine, make him run away, but, like, my, why make them look for him for half the episode? It's so dumb. All right, Jenny, at the end of every episode, you and I look back on theme or a lesson, and we talk about how it relates to us now or what we took from the source material and... How it baked itself into us. We call it our why. It's designed to finish the sentence. Gen X, this is why. Jenny, what is your why for this? This is why we always thought we would die in a fire. Oh, okay. You're so doing you know a... I was going to have that okay. eventually. And okay. I have an index card. Oh, fuck. I didn't even realize we almost got through with it. God damn it. So I just want to talk about the most deadliest fires in American <gasps> history. Yay. Are you cheering that? I'm so it, it scratches a weird itch for me. So there were tw- there are twenty fires where over two hundred fifty people died. Oh, it's actually really sad and morbid. Okay, so I'm not going to list them out, but of the twenty, five of them were before 1900. Mm-hmm. Eleven of them were between 1900 and 1940. That is because electricity became popular then, mm-hmm. and early electricity, as we've talked about many times with Tesla, when we talk about Tesla and Edison, was very unsafe and very yeah. dodgy. Yeah, combine that with all these wood structures, like mm-hmm. that's well, the fire, the Chicago fire, was not caused by electricity because it was like in 1870. But like mm-hmm. you, you see how quickly that. All that stuff could go up. I mean, there's is sidewalks that what are caused made of the wood. San Francisco fire? No, the earthquake caused that. Was that in 1906? <clears throat> I forget when that was. Okay. There were three of them between 1940 and 1970, and there was one after 1970. Okay. So we got you could see that all of the regulations with electricity and um, 
you know, like uh, entrances and safety and sprinklers and construction. That worked because we can don't you, have these giant, like, devastating infernos anymore. Can you name the top three? I can name the top five. Okay. So the top five are... Oh, wait, wait, wait. I have one more category. So of of the 20, four of them are coal mine fires. Came, came from coal mine explosions. Okay. Um, four were steamships. I guess steamships were really fucking dangerous and the boilers would explode. Okay. Four were from forest fires or an earthquake. So like na- like occurred naturally. Mm-hmm. Now we have forest, giant forest fires all the time. Mm-hmm. But we have better ways to control them or they're in areas where not a lot. Like these were ones that took out over 250 people. Mm-hmm. Three were from like theaters or concert venues. And then three were from um, chemical gas, industrial accidents, like that sort of thing. And then one was terrorist attack. Okay. So the top five are the Iroquois Theater in Chicago in 1903. That's 602 people died. Holy shit. And th- that's, well, that's number f- one? That's number five. Oh, okay. Oof. Okay. Yeah. So that is before we had, like, we have very tight regulations around... When you have venues, mm. exits, you know, mm-hmm. the whole thing. Like, we mm-hmm. didn't have that early on, right? And, yep. And we see how that ended. Um, number four is the General Slocum Excursion Steamship Fire. That was in G- on June 15, 1904. That's the next year in New York. Jesus. And that was 1,030 people. Ugh. It had to be the whole ship, I would think. Yeah. In mm. uh, number three is a forest fire in Prestigo, Washington in 1871. So we probably didn't have good methods to fight it then. Like, we didn't have air yeah. ways to fight it from the air. 1,152 people died. Holy crap. The second biggest one is the SS Sultana steamship. There was mm. a boiler explosion. That was on the Mississippi River in 1865. Yikes. 1,547 people died. It's a lot. It's a lot. Number one is September 11th, the World Trade Center. Yeah. 2,666 died in that fire. They, so that's the number of people they think died from the fire. Died in that in the World Trade Center fire. Now we know there were okay. more people that died on nine eleven, but that was right. Because how fire. do you make the how do you decide who died because of the collapse and who died in the I fire, mean, or is the collapse part of the fire? It's it's part of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. As soon as the fire starts, anyone that dies like in that structure after is considered. I mean, okay. it wouldn't collapse if it wasn't on fire. Right. Right. Okay. Um. Real but uplifting, that Jen. Even, but that doesn't even compare to. I want to give that context because we don't all we're not so U.S. focused. Mm-hmm. What is the context of that? Like, what are the top three in the world? Mm-hmm. And this excludes all of these lists exclude wartime attacks. Okay. So the third is Chernobyl. Ooh, Chernobyl was um, seven to eight thousand. Did you see that miniseries? That miniseries was phenomenal. It was really, really good. We should do that as a time really, capsule. Yeah. Because that phenomenal. was an event. That event was major. Yes. Yeah. Yep. That was in April of 86. Mm-hmm. The second is an earthquake in Japan. So a lot of these, like the one in San Francisco, earthquakes cause a fire, right? Yeah. Because whatever, right? They, it breaks gas lines. Well, this would have been before gas lines, but like... You know what I mean? Like gas gets loose or like what flammable mm-hmm. things get loose. Fires break out. And then, you know, like at that time they would have lanterns and fires lit all over the place. Mm-hmm. An earthquake causes all of that to catch on fire. So like this is how many people they think. So that this is the full death toll for the earthquake. But they think most of 
these people died in the fires that came after. Okay. 107,000 people in Japan, in Tokyo. Wow. And then an earth, that was in 1857. Okay. So don't forget at this time, you know, like the, the, everything would have been constructed in wood. You know what I mean? So like you could just have these, like if you look at the great Chicago fire, which was number 20 on the U.S. list. Right. It just r- r- raged through the whole city in like an hour. Like I know. That could never happen now because of the way things right. are constructed. But like it right. was insane. And then the number one in the world period is 1923 earthquake in Japan. Tokyo to Yokohama, 140,000 people died. Boy, Japan, really. Japan has bad earthquakes. Yeah. Um, this all comes from the National Fire Protection Association.org, which is a really awesome organization. They have amazing resources on their site. I actually used to do a lot of work with them for, like, web content. Long story. Mm-hmm. But um, they're actually a really good association. If you want to know anything about fire safety or history, of that, like, they have a really good site that has all that stuff on it. I think I'm going to be visiting. Yeah. Yeah. That's my next word. All right, Jenny. Um, can I do my why now? I guess. If everyone's still around. Jesus. Anyone cares. I have. This is why therapy is one of the best tools we have at our disposal for overcoming grief. Like, I know a lot of people yeah. don't believe in it. Yep. But when you think about it, all it is is what we do anyway. Which other. is to sit down and talk about yeah. it. And I wrote, Charles performs therapy all the time, but yeah. cannot fathom the idea of somebody else yep. doing it. Well, that's what I mean. When people don't think that it works, it's like, what, how else does anything work but talking to each other? <laughs> and I think that, you know, there's a real vulnerability when you want to talk to a stranger. Mm-hmm. But like, yes. why? That stranger is like sworn to secrecy. They're like, sworn they to secrecy. And it's an objective point of view. Yes. Yes. And they definitely see things that you don't in a situation because you're so close to it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my thing, you know, always plug in, always plug well, in because therapy. like to, to our point of all the shit not Mary that we did and shit, like to our point is like these, these things are traumatic and there's no way your mind's just going to be fine. Like you're just gonna be like, I'm good. I'm good. You're not good. You're not okay. I mean, gonna, if you want to see, if you want to see what not receiving therapy does to a generation of people look at the vietnam veterans in this yeah. country look yep. at the the deaths well, people the who alcoholism had, people the... who have had trauma and then do not do any do not get right any kind, kind but of i think that vietnam vets are specifically like they're a, a group of people that we can i mean gun violence survivors is another one that's yeah. coming up yep but we have enough distance now that we yeah. could see the results of not handling Vietnam. And, the, and this was a group of people who had, who were very much traumatized. Very much so. I mean, war is mm-hmm. traumatic for whoever's in it. Mm-hmm. Period. Yep. Whoever's yep. near it, in it, involved in it, like it's traumatic. Mm-hmm. All right, Jenny, why don't you tell everyone, what are we doing next? Season six. Okay, so we're going to skip 20 because it sounds boring. Season six, episode 21, second spring. Nels finally loses patience with his henpecked family life and begins a mobile merchant business. During one of his stops, he meets a much younger woman who is exactly the opposite of his own wife. In the process, Nels struggles with the temptation and going astray as a relationship blossoms. So Do it, Nels. We're going to get some Winoka Nels, I think. Do it, Nels. Do, Do it. it. Do it. Do it. Get the hell out of that. Jenny, um, 
this is what I'm talking about. We had the blind school fire, and the next two episodes are like, da 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 da, da like, ha ha, <laughs> Nels is hempecked, and <laughs> the, Almanzo has a weird brother. <laughs> like, what the hell? Maybe we're missing, maybe the Mary what? stuff is a subplot? I don't know. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Then we're talking about, then we're right into Laura's birthday. Oh, yeah, and then she starts getting love right from Almanzo. And then we're right into the stuff. Yep, yep. So, all right, guys. So if you haven't already, please check out our uh, Facebook group and our Patreon. So on Patreon, we're going to start doing Golden Girls. And we're also doing some fun blockbusters over there. We just wrapped up Love Boat. Yep, that that aired already, maybe. Maybe. Maybe you heard it, maybe <laughs> you haven't. Unclear. <laughs> we're working in the future here. Unclear. Um, so again, if you want to sign up for Patreon, it's $5 a month you could join for, and you get about, we said about 26 to 30 episodes on there that are special, new content, never heard. So, um, we're also pretty proud of our new Gen X That Was a Thing that dropped that hopefully you heard. So all the links to this are in our show notes, but they're also at genxthisiswhy.com. So, all right. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.